Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Um, clearly not, this this is not going to be joyous. This isn't going to be happy. I, I, anytime your season ends, especially in the fashion that this team's season had to end yesterday, it brings with it, you know, I, I know people today had a level of comfort. You know, they were so happy with the heart of this team, and and I understand that I I could see where that's coming from. But this thing was wide open for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, don't kid yourselves. When the New Orleans Saints lost yesterday, to me that was the one big obstacle because just like the Seattle Seahawks have the Eagles' number, the dirt balls in New Orleans have our number as well. This this thing opened. It opened so oh it just opened up so well for us to take advantage and make the move that I know the people on this team were capable of now I'm going to dive really much or really deep into a lot of things here but first let's just get this out of the way let's go over the five reasons why the Eagles were unable to defeat the Seattle Seahawks yesterday at Lincoln Financial Field um fifth reason Let's just start with the officials. And yes, I'm going to talk extensively about, you know, the hit on Wentz and my thoughts on it. But let's just look at it from an officiating perspective first. One, Carson Wentz gets hit. He gets speared into the ground. There's direct helmet-to-helmet contact. I don't care if he was a runner or not. It's helmet-to-helmet contact on the quarterback. And if they're trying to tell you he wasn't giving himself up, well, one, that is a flat-out freaking lie. Because you know how I know that's a lie? Um, In Atlanta this year, Carson Wentz dove into the end zone on a two-point conversion, which, mind you, which he did convert because he was never down by contact. He was down because his knee hit the ground, and they ruled him diving into the end zone was him giving himself up. That two points cost us an opportunity at the end of that game where we would have only had to kick a field goal to win rather than go for it on fourth down. So yes, it cost us a game earlier this season. Now when he's going down to the ground, they go, well, wait, no, no, he's a runner. So the NFL officials, this is the officials, they don't even know the rules that they're officiating. That's two different rulings for essentially what ended up being the same type of play, a play where Carson Wentz is diving forward. And in fact, this time here, yeah, he was diving forward somewhat. He was also being tackled. But okay, whatever. I'll go into this more. My point is, you don't call that penalty. At the end of the first half, Jerron Reed just blatantly pushes Josh McCown to the ground. Outside the pocket, unsolicited, McCown had already thrown the ball away, pushes him directly to the ground. Unnecessary roughness for the second time in this game. Not called, but, but. It's going to be third and goal from the 10-yard line at the end of that first half. Barnett is blocked into Russell Wilson, and guess, I saw the play. Was it roughing the passer, in my opinion? Yes, Barnett is a moron. Are you shocked? Are you surprised he did something dumb? This is what he's done since he became an eagle, is do stupid, stupid stuff. He absolutely roughed Russell Wilson. That's without question. 
But my point is, why was that called and the two other were not? There was a mission in this game. There was a mission. I don't know what the mission was by the officials other than to show complete incompetence, but that's what they did. The officials are the fifth reason we lost this game because if they don't call that penalty on Barnett, if they let, you know, essentially the one freebie for us go, like they let the two freebies for Seattle go, one of which cost us our star player, we're only down four points with less than six minutes to go, not eight. That four points was very big because we got inside the 20 twice in the last six minutes and scored zero points. Field goals would have won the football game. Fourth reason why, the defense. And I know people are going to go, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, we, did, we only scored 17 points. Our third down defense yesterday was so all-time horrific. I know that the stats aren't going to say it was. I mean, I know Seattle was only 8 for 15 on third downs. But it was these crucial back-breaking third and longs that they converted. The one at the end of the first half, the third and 10, where LeBlanc just goes to make a tackle that he didn't have to. Morris running backwards to catch the ball. If he just gets himself in position, there's no chance that Moore's able to get by him. That's a punt. And it's 3-3 with us getting the ball at the end of the half and then getting the ball to start the next half. That touchdown never happens. So the roughing the passer then essentially never happens. You know, they had a third and 15. Russell Wilson runs for a first down. A third and 11 where Russell Wilson breaks the pocket and hits, you know, DK Metcalf down the sideline. A a, a second and 18 where he throws a, a, a prayer and Tyler Lockett catches the ball and miraculously gets two feet in and they win the challenge. It was, it was plays like that. The secondary was terrible. DK Metcalf, another rookie, again, 160 yards receiving. You know, I remember at the beginning of the year, we could have traded a third-round pick for Jadeveon Clowney. And then all season, I had to hear this. I had to hear, well, Josh Sweat has similar numbers to Jadeveon Clowney. So you're insinuating to me then that Jadeveon Clowney is not that good and that Josh Sweat is almost comparable or Derek Barnett is comparable. Listen, I don't know what's been going on with Clowney. I know he was hurt, but I know in one of their big games this year against San Francisco, he took that game over, and then he got hurt. Then he got hurt because he didn't play against the Eagles the first time because he was hurt. Guess what he did yesterday? He took our season. They traded a third-round pick for him. We traded a third-round pick last year at the trade deadline for Golden Tate, and that was a success because you know what Golden Tate did in the playoffs? He saved our season. You know what Jadeveon Clowney did for the Seahawks yesterday? He extended their season, and he ended ours because we didn't want to give up a third-round pick for a guy that we were only going to have to give $8 million to because we thought, and I quote, guys like Josh Sweat, Deshaun Hall, um, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, and Vinnie Curry were good enough. Spoiler, they weren't. Our defensive line was terrible yesterday with the exception of one man, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox single-handedly tried to win that game for the Eagles yesterday. He was a man possessed. He took advantage of their injured and beat-up offensive line. Nobody else did. Nobody else did. We did not sack Russell Wilson. That's a problem. That's a big problem. For a team that was, you know, 
riddled with injuries. Their running backs are all out. Their offense line from their center through their left tackle on that left side are all out. They're all out. We did nothing. The only guy who was getting consistent pressure was our Hall of Fame caliber defensive tackle. But that was it. No Derek Barnett. No Brandon Graham. And I know he got hurt. But that's the point. Where was our depth? You know, Deshaun Hall tore his ACL last week, but Jannard Avery wasn't even active. We traded a fourth-round pick for Jannard Avery. Seattle gave up a third-round pick and two backup players for Jadevian Clowney. But no, I had to hear, glad we didn't make that trade. What? Didn't it, did it end your season? Oh, and then I said, you know, I would have given up the two first for Jalen Ramsey. And then I had to hear, so glad we didn't do that trade. Well, one thing I'm completely sure of is DK Metcalf doesn't go for 160 if Jalen Ramsey is the cornerback. And I know I'll hear, well, so what? It's not like you were going to win the Super Bowl with those guys. Next week coming back would have been Deshaun Jackson, Lane Johnson. You know, I, I don't know what was going on with Jordan Howard, but, I mean, he's been active here for two games. I know he didn't play. Maybe eventually he could have got back into the swing. But Zach Ertz would have been a week healthier. You're going to tell me this team and the, this Eagles team couldn't win the NFC? I just told you, the Saints lost. They were bounced. They were the biggest threat. Don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. I know San Francisco is good. They're untested. Green Bay? We beat Green Bay in Green Bay. So now what? You're worried about who? The Vikings? Okay, that's fair. The Vikings kicked the shit out of the Eagles earlier this year. I agree. But that game would have been in Philadelphia. It was wide open. Don't fool yourselves. There was a very real chance to go to the Super Bowl. And all you had to give up was two firsts, a third, and a fourth. And I know that sounds like a lot. But this same team gave up a third for Golden Tate last year. And by the way, are you thinking what I'm thinking? You think you're picking a Jalen Ramsey at 24? You're not. I hope. But you're not. So yes, I'm disappointed in the defense yesterday. I think the defense failed the Eagles. Too many times, long third downs were completed. We needed, once Carson Wentz exits that game, and you see what you have on offense, the defense needs to win that football game. Unfortunately, that did not happen. I know they only scored 17 points, and again, that's great. That's great. If you told me at the beginning of the day they're going to get 17, I would have loved our chances. There was no way I thought we would be kept out of the end zone. Except for the one way that did, which was the quarterback getting hurt on the uh, fifth play of the game. But let's continue on. What's the third reason why? How about the offensive line? Speaking of the quarterback getting hurt, um, Seahawks came into this game with 28 sacks on the year. They sacked us seven times yesterday. One on Wentz, six on uh, McCown. And in the nine plays Wentz played, I think he was hit four times. Like hit four times. McCown was hit a bunch. He was hurt too. We could not handle the Seahawks defense. 
We could not handle their pass rush, a pass rush that was pretty much non-existent for that team for the whole season. And I know Clowney played like a man possessed yesterday. Good for him. But who else? Everybody was hitting our quarterback. And again, it's understandable in a way, considering the right side of our offensive line was our backup right tackle and our backup right guard. But it was disappointing. It was disappointing because you thought, okay, the Eagles' backups are more, they, they have more talent than what the Seahawks are, especially a guy like Vitae who played in a Super Bowl. He was the starting left tackle of a Super Bowl winning team. Offense line, very disappointing. But, you know, let's move on. Second reason why. What is the second reason why that the Eagles lost yesterday? I got one for you. How about this? Doug Peterson. And I'm not talking about Doug Peterson, the head coach. I'm talking about Doug Peterson, the offensive coordinator. This is a thing that has annoyed me all season. I know Gro gotta go and, and 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 all this stuff, but what is Mike Gro's role really? I, I, nobody knows really what he contributes to the offense. And again, I've been guilty of it too, blaming Mike Gro when Doug Peterson's the offensive coordinator. He's the play caller. He called one of the worst games, and I don't care the excuses. Well, the quarterback got hurt. That's that's such a load of. BS because the quarterback got hurt. You you weren't expecting injuries on this team? You didn't have an alternative plan if something was to happen on this team? Would a quarterback who's gotten hurt almost every single year he's played? You weren't possibly prepared for that situation? Please. We get inside the twenty in the or in the third quarter, third and three. What do we run? A freaking uh, run. We we run a handoff to Boston Scott. He's stuffed. We run it right at Jadeveon Clowney, by the way, who's their best player on defense. Stuffed. I mean, yesterday it's second and fourteen, with under three minutes to go in the game. We'd just taken a sack on a max protection, by the way. Ran a two-man route from the 11-yard line and got sacked, which is all-time embarrassing. Why, why you're running max protection on the 11-yard line is stupid in its own right because there's nothing to max protect. The defense isn't getting beat over the top from the 11-yard line. Took a sack, and then what does he do? He runs the ball on second and 14 because he's assuming that they're going to be in pass prevent. And we got one yard Peterson called a terrible game, especially when, when McCown first went in. I mean, think about it. We, we had to settle for a field goal where, you know, we ran a third down goal or a third down and 10 play where it was just essentially a swing pass type screen to Boston Scott that got nothing. Not an offense lineman blocker for him. I think it was just Ertz and Perkins out there. Ertz and Goddard were going to be the two blockers. There's a swing pass screen where the, the guy who was guarding Scott was going to be unblocked anyway. So essentially, Bobby Wagner was going to have a chance to make a play here, which he did, because guess what? He's good. <laughs> Peterson as an offensive coordinator. I, if you want one massive thing I think needs to change, Peterson as the offensive coordinator needs to change. I don't think he should be calling plays anymore. I don't like it. Like I've said all along, you want a head coach. I think he is a very good head coach. These guys battle for this guy. It's clear. They do play with heart. They are prepared. They don't quit. Everything was left out there. I think he is a good head coach. I think his problem is he's trying to be the offensive coordinator. And I don't think, how many hats can you wear? I want him more focused on the football game. He wasn't even aware that Carson Wentz had gotten hurt, he said. he was Because you know why? He's thinking about what the next play is. He's not even watching the, the conclusion of half of these plays because he's got to prepare for what's next. We already have a hard enough time getting out of the damn huddle. It seems like he gets the plays in, what, 15 seconds on the play clock, uh, almost at, at, at 
at will anymore. He he wants to make it harder for our offensive or our, our offense to get set. I mean, we had a delay a game yesterday at the six yard line. He's yelling at McCown. I'm like, you got the plan with 12 seconds to go on the play clock. What do you think's gonna happen? And you're given two plays usually, so he's got the option to kill it. Doug Peterson's play calling was horrible. But the number one reason why the Eagles lost, I mean, this, is, this isn't a spoiler. Let's talk about it. It's Carson Wentz getting hurt. Now, I had to hear all day people debate if that was a dirty hit by Jadeveon Clowney. Now, listen, was it a dirty hit? Yes. It was a cheap shot. He's going to the ground. This guy drives his shoulder and his head into the upper shoulder slash neck slash head area of a guy who's falling face first to the ground. Yes, it's a cheap shot. If I walk up, first of all, Carson Wentz is falling to the ground. If I walk up to somebody in the street though and I just open hand slap them, is that a cheap shot? It is. You know why? Because it's unnecessary. Anything that is unnecessary is a cheap shot. They took a bunch of cheap shots at the Eagles yesterday. I just told you about the one on McCown at the end of the first half. Ward getting pushed out of bounds. It was cheap shots. That's what they were doing. They were taking cheap shots. And don't let people fool you. Clowney's intent was to hurt Carson Wentz. That's that's not debatable. That's fact. He did not drive his shoulder and his helmet into Carson Wentz with any other intention other than to hurt him. Don't be fooled. Oh, he shouldn't have been ejected from the game. I don't care about him being ejected from the game. I don't care. One, it was a non-called penalty, which is absolutely egregious at a nuclear level. But two, guess what? He accomplished what he wanted to. So even if they called the penalty, it really did not matter. Yeah, maybe if they call the penalty and now there's this like target on Clowney, maybe he doesn't play as aggressive he does the rest of the game because he has to think in his head he's one more dirty hit away from being ejected from the football game if he shouldn't have been ejected already. But the point is, it didn't matter. The penalty wouldn't have not mattered. Carson Wentz was out. He was done. He was taken out of the game. They did, he accomplished the goal he wanted to accomplish. He took Carson Wentz out of the game. Now, here's the thing. Let's go into it. Let's talk about Carson Wentz coming out of the game. I had to hear today, is Carson Wentz injury prone? Well, what is your ruling on injury prone? Like, to me, an injury prone player is somebody who gets a hamstring injury, like a la Sidney Jones gets a hamstring, hurts his hamstring, hurts his hamstring, hurts his hamstring, comes back, hurts his hamstring, comes back, hurts his hamstring. Over and over the same injury. That is injury prone. Because I can't rely on you. I can't trust you. Anytime you're on the field, I have a feeling you're going to hurt something that you've hurt a million times. Now, Wentz is different. His last year of college, Wentz breaks his wrist. He misses seven games. His first year with the Eagles, he breaks three ribs in the preseason. He misses the entire preseason. His second year with the Eagles, he tears his ACL. He misses the playoffs in the Super Bowl. His third year with the Eagles, he fractures his back. He misses the end of the season and the playoffs. This year, he gets a concussion. He misses the most important game of the season. And again, 
I am not disqualifying what he did getting us into the playoffs. Obviously, every one of those games were playoff games. So don't don't think this whole, oh, it would have been great for Carson to get some playoff experience. He got playoff experience. You think that Cowboys game wasn't a playoff game? Hell yeah, that was a playoff game. So he got playoff experience. But is he injury prone? In the normal sense of a same injury recurring over and over? No, but he is injury prone. Name me another quarterback on any other team that has had their season end with them on the bench for three straight years, especially an elite team. I'm not talking about bad teams. Who cares? But bad teams are bad teams. This is an elite team. We made the playoffs three straight years. Carson Wentz did not play the final snap of those seasons three straight years. He's not in the final game. He played nine snaps yesterday. That was it. And I know. This one here, it's like, well, what's he supposed to do? He got cheap shotted out of the game. Hell yeah, that's exactly what happened. But, again, I, I'm not sitting here going, what, what could he have done to prevent the concussion? Well, there's nothing he could have really done to prevent the concussion. I mean, the only thing he could have did was fired the ball out of bounds, maybe? Did you ever think about that on that screen pass? He did not have to put himself at risk there. That's the thing. He takes these unmitigated risks. And I know people are going to say, well, you said earlier this year you wanted him to play football again. Start moving. Start being mobile. Start being what you were, what makes you good. I agree. I do not want to see him try to be this pocket passer because that's not what he is. But I watched Russell Wilson play yesterday, right? Russell Wilson is a mobile quarterback. Russell Wilson does not get hurt. Because Russell Wilson knows how to protect himself. He does not take unmitigated risk. But yes, he does. He's running outside the pocket. He's running here. Listen, he's using his God gifts. He's He's got great mobility. I mean, he took a risk on that third and 15 play because it was a mitigated risk. It was a necessary risk. It was a big part of the game. On first and 10 in the first quarter, on our second possession... On a screen pass, if it's not there, I don't need Carson Wentz trying to find yards. Throw the ball at Sanders' feet or throw it 30 yards over his head and we move on to the next play. If it was third down even in the first, I'd be like, I understand, okay, he's trying to make a play. We're going to have to punt. It was first down. He tries to make this play and he gets a concussion and thus ends our season. He may not be injury prone in regards to that he's getting the same injury over and over. It's not like his left knee keeps exploding. But he has bad luck with injuries. That's clear. Because he continues to be missing in our biggest games. The the most meaningful games you play are playoff games. We are now going into year five next year of Carson Wentz. He's played nine snaps in the playoffs. We've made the playoffs in three of the four years he's been on this team. He's played nine total snaps. Imagine if I said that about Tom Brady. Imagine if I said that about, you know, Patrick Mahomes. These guys are playing playoff games. Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt too, by the way. He gets hurt. But he plays playoff games. That's the issue here. I'm not ragging on this guy. Again, I I thought he played phenomenal the last month of the year, and it kills me because I am 110% certain he doesn't get hurt, we win. 
I know this because we moved the ball on Seattle yesterday without him. Josh McCown had not played football in three months. And all he did really prior to that was play one half of preseason football. He was retired. And we moved the ball on Seattle. The two things we kind of struggled with were, were third down offense, which Carson Wentz is great at. And what else? Red zone offense, which Carson Wentz excels at. We needed that yesterday. That's why we couldn't score. And I'm not blaming Josh McCown. That's insane. It's not like Josh McCown knew he was playing all week and got all the reps and you know the coaching staff was able to prepare for it. Carson got hurt on the fifth play of the game. It's not even like Carson Wentz made the first half where you're like, all right, at least he got the first half. He didn't get the second series. It's just disappointing. And yes, if you're a fan, you can worry about Carson Wentz getting hurt. This isn't a fiction. We're not making up lies here. This is the truth. We've been in the playoffs three straight years. He's played nine snaps. I mean, the blueprint on how to play the quarterback position, the way he knows how to play it, was what Russell Wilson did yesterday. You need to know when to put yourself at risk and when not to. First quarter of a uh, of the second series of the game is not when you do it. Just disappointing. It's just so disappointing because they get through that game yesterday. Everything's opening up for this team. I told everybody not to stop believing, and this is why I knew this could happen. They could do this. It, it just sucks. It just really sucks. But let, let's go over some other things, though, that, that this happened. And I cited these earlier, and I think it's the failures of the general manager on this team. And I know he got a lot of credit for, for you know, the practice squad guys we had. Okay, like Greg Ward and, and Boston Scott. By the way, he cut those guys. Greg Ward was on this team four years. He also cut Boston Scott at the beginning of this season. So don't, I mean, as much as you want to give Howie credit for, he scouted these guys, he found these hidden gems, he set these hidden gems free. We were very fortunate and lucky that other teams did not pick up on them. And like I said, not trading for Clowney, not trading for Ramsey. I mean, it was big. How about this one, though? How about this one right here? I'm going to cite you something. It, this happened in the game yesterday. This, this was two players from this game. Remember, we chose J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf. That's not fact or fiction. That's fact. JJ Ortega Whiteside over DK Metcalf. I understand. A lot of people must have thought coming out of college because he didn't have elite numbers at Mississippi that Metcalf might be like a Doriel Green Beckham, just a physical specimen. And Ortega Whiteside was the safe pick. Well, that safe pick yesterday was out-snapped by Deontay Burnett, 13-12. Deontay Burnett, who, by the way, wasn't on this team three weeks ago. And Rob Davis, 48-12, who wasn't on this team a month ago. This guy was picked in the second round. 
ahead of DK Metcalf, ahead of Terry McLaurin, ahead of Darius Slayton, all three of which have went for over 100 yards when they played the Eagles. This this whole thing, and again, I understand mispicks happen. It does, it happens. But it's just a bunch of things. Like the Seahawks beat the Eagles yesterday because of Jadeveon Clowney and DK Metcalf, and the Eagles could have had both of them. Both of them. For a third-round pick, they could have had Metcalf and Clowney. Just with better evaluation at what the wide receiver position is when you're drafting, and oh, that's right, giving up a third-round pick for Jadeveon Clowney when the Texans were going to pay half his salary to begin with. I'll forever believe they should have traded for Jalen Ramsey. Players like him don't grow on trees. I, I just, I'm not a big fan of the GM, obviously. And I think this is a year where we're giving him a pass for a lot of these things. A lot of this is coaching, too, on these players that have come up, that have had some success. I mean, I give Dallas Goddard a lot of credit. I ragged on Dallas Goddard for half this season. I thought he was underperforming the expectations I had for him. And then all of a sudden, in this last month, he's realized those expectations and then some. I said to everybody, he's got best tight end in the NFL potential. And for the last month and a half, or month, I'm sorry, he's proven to have best tight end in the NFL potential. Where this team would be without him. And again, now that is a great draft pick the Eagles made. Because he can realize his potential. I'm not going to slam on the draft so much, him missing on Whiteside and Metcalf. It just sucks that we played the Seahawks yesterday and the two best players not named Wilson were Whiteside or were Metcalf and Clowney and the Eagles could have had them both. That hurts. That's a stinger. We lost by eight freaking points. The two guys who took the game over, like I said, not named Wilson, were two guys the Eagles had a legit shot to have on their roster. Another thing, I, I and again, let's talk about a guy we picked in the second round. How about, you know what, I do want to give credit out for some of the players on this team. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was on crutches today. He's got a left MCL knee sprain. His, his ankle shot. He played that whole game yesterday. And I know it sucks on the fourth down play. That was a great call. That was actually a great call from Peterson, that swing pass on the fourth and four. Where, you know, McCown threw a little bit behind, you know, Sanders because he saw, you know, Clowney flash in front of him. Clowney flash in front of him. And, uh, you know, Sanders drops that ball. I mean, I, I think that's a pass he still has to catch. But, I mean, that's it. That's the one play with Miles Sanders. I mean, this guy's an elite talent now. I, I From what I see, he can be an elite football player. So, yeah, that's a home run. And I give him a ton of credit. I mean, he, clearly he had no business playing. And I'm sure if this wasn't a playoff game, he wouldn't have been playing. But I mean, really, he's looking around. I mean, I don't know what's up with Jordan Howard. He collected, he collected dust the last two weeks. He did not play. Think about this. Jordan Howard did not play for the Eagles since the bye week. He played one snap as a decoy in the Giants game. A game that Sanders got hurt in the first half. And, you know, Boston Scott had to be the primary running back the whole entire second half. You think Jordan Howard could have been used? No, he collected dust. Which makes you wonder... If he wasn't healthy enough then to play, because why is he active if he's not healthy enough to play? Because if he's healthy enough to play, we could have sure as shit used a guy like Jordan Howard yesterday when Josh McCown has to play quarterback. Don't you think? Don't you think? 
But mind you, he's collecting dust. Why wasn't the kid Holyfield then up? If you signed Elijah Holyfield because you were worried about Sanders' status, why wasn't Sanders active instead of Howard if you knew Howard was only there for an emergency? Because it sounds like to me, if he was there for an emergency, then you're not getting really what Jordan Howard is. So then why is he playing? Why are we putting at risk of him getting hurt? That just sucked. And then, you know, and I do want to give credit also to Zach Ertz. You guys playing with two busted ribs, two displaced ribs. He had a, you know, he did admit he had a laceration on his kidney that thankfully healed so he was able to play. But he notices when he had blood in his urine. And he played? He played yesterday. I mean, he clearly wasn't himself. But he knew him being on the field at least gave us a better chance to win, even if it was as a decoy. And he did catch our longest pass of the game, 32 yards. That's another thing, too, back to the play calling, is we did go down the field twice. We got two pass interference calls. Why was that not more of an option? Clearly, Seattle has trouble defending the deep pass. We drew two, two pass interferences going deep down the field, and that was it. And then we didn't do that anymore. To me, that was foolish. That's something we should have done more. Because, you know, it worked. It just, this game is a bummer because it was there for the Eagles. The Eagles were better than the Seahawks. And I will give, I want to give props to Josh McCown. I really do. That dude gave us everything. And, And honestly, in fact, it looked like he did mess up his hamstring there in the third quarter. But, like, the guy knew he couldn't come out. So he's out there playing on one leg. Like, that's another thing. All these injuries, even the backup quarterback who hadn't played all season got hurt in the game where he had to replace the starting quarterback. We couldn't even have him just stay healthy for the game and give us that. He had to be on one leg playing. This this one this one's going to be tough to swallow. Because I, f- I fully believe the Eagles were going to beat Green Bay next week. I just, I do. I fully believe it. With a Deshaun Jackson potentially returning, Lane Johnson potentially returning. You know, may- maybe Zach Ertz is feeling a little bit better next week. I don't know what Sanders would have been. I mean, like I said, he's on crutches today, but I'm sure he would have played somehow. I, I just thought next, you know what? This had the potential for us to get next week. And, and again, you watch. Minnesota's going to end up beating San Francisco. I can just feel that. You've been hosting an NFC title game. It's just such a bummer. It really is, because it would have been cool to see just one more time, one more shot what this team could have been with, with Deshaun on the outside and Carson, the quarterback. I know Alshon not playing would suck, but I mean, still. Ertz and Goddard over the middle with Deshaun stretching the field, because clearly stretching the field would have worked yesterday. Just think if Deshaun was able to play yesterday. Whew. I mean, they're interfering Greg Ward and Shelton Gibson down the field. Just imagine what they're going to do if Deshaun's running down the field. There would have been no chance. We would have scored 40 with Josh McCown because they would have had a pass interfere, pass interfere. And I know you're probably saying, well, you got down there. You couldn't score touchdowns. Cool. Elliott would have kicked 30 field goals. Now, some things that did come out yesterday or today about the team after the loss is, you know, for instance, Jason Peters wants to come back, and I heard people, no, we don't want Jason Peters. Don't come back. I'm thinking, what? Hell yeah, come back. Jason Peters wants to play. Bring him back. You can see this team. 
See what we deal with with injuries? You're going to tell me you want a good player, a good player who wants to come back and help contribute? You don't want him here because you want the guy, the backup, the kid that they picked in the first round, Dillard, to be the left tackle? Listen, those two could have an open competition for that job if they want in the preseason. I don't care. You could tell Peters that. And by the way, if you don't think Peters is good enough to play, he's the, he is borderline still top 10 left tackle in this league. I know yesterday wasn't his shine, most, you know, his best moment. Uh, but newsflash, like Clowney or not, he might be a clown. He's a cheap shot artist, but he's still really good. He's better than Josh Sweat. In case he didn't, in case he didn't know that. So yeah, Peters had a little bit of a rougher time against the guy who's probably, arguably, one of the best ends in the entire NFL. But we don't want him back? Because why? Because unproven Andre Dillard, who played two good games at left tackle, I give him that, two fine games at left tackle, but we're just good with going with that now? No. No. If Peters wants back, Peters plays. Hell yes. Yeah, you, you could tell him. Bring him back and it's an open competition. If he's the better guy, he plays. It's simple. Guess what? We're going to need him anyway. There's no chance in hell. if Dillard, I'll guarantee you this. If Dillard starts at left tackle next year, I will. just knowing what this team is with injuries, there's no chance he lasts the whole season. Something will happen where he's got to miss a game, you know, maybe or two or whatever, and we'll be sitting there going, man, man, I wish we had Jason Peters. Oh, yeah, that's right. We don't even have Alipoy Vitae now because, you know, he's gone too. He's a free agent. And I know people, oh, well, he sucked anyway. Well, cool, guess what? Now we don't have any depth. And you don't want Peters because we don't. You, you don't want depth at the offensive line of all things? Killed us yesterday. We're playing without two-thirds of probably the two best um, offensive linemen on our team. Two-fifths of it, I'm sorry. Johnson and Brooks, they're two all-pros. They didn't play. You don't want depth at that position? You don't want the most offensive linemen you can have? Here's another guy I got to hear after today. He's talking is Jordan Mailata. Remember him? Remember Jordan Mailata? I thought he could be the future in terms of even a left tackle last year in that preseason. I thought, man, this guy's developing at a rate that's insane. Well, then the team drafts Dillard. Okay, so we're going to move the guy to right tackle. And his stupid, stupid, stupid quote today is all, do you ever imagine wiping your, your ass with one hand? Now switch to the other. That's what it's like playing left tackle and right tackle. I'm like... Bro, you didn't even play football 16 months ago. What are you talking about? You're learning a new position and it's like Spanish to you? You barely knew the other position. You didn't, you didn't play football. I literally, my, my nephew is almost older than, he's a year. You, that's how old you've been playing football for. What are you talking about? What planet are you on? You think I'm an idiot? You don't know it? Because you have to relearn it? You're acting like you've been playing left tackle since you were in fifth grade. You didn't even know what football was when you were in fifth grade, pal. You played rugby. You're going to come out saying something stupid like that because Dillard said something stupid like that a month ago? At least Dillard could say the excuse, well, bud, I've been playing left tackle since I was in midget football. He didn't even know what a left tackle was 16 months ago. He's going to sit here and go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's so foreign to me. It's like this stupid analogy he had to come up with. Please. He's another one. A big experiment. My Lada. Jordan Mylada is going to be the man. He had fooled me. I mean, you think we could have used him here, right? We might have been able to use a guy like Jordan Mailata yesterday. Get all these damn injuries. He's supposed to be a project player. He hasn't even played. He's been on the IR for two years now. 
Well, really, I don't even know. He wasn't even on IR last year. He got put on it at the end of the year. But, I mean, really, we, we could have used him this year. Nope. Just sucks. Yesterday sucked. Yesterday sucked at a level I can't comprehend. Because that game was there for the Eagles. Got cheap shotted out of the playoffs. That's what sucks the most. You know, he did this whole month where, you know, they, they fought back and I had to hear, Well, you didn't beat me, buddy. You guys didn't beat me, buddy. How good were you? Well, I don't know. Pretty damn good considering the guys that were pretty much playing in the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game yesterday were the guys on the field trying to win a playoff game for us against Seattle, who has arguably the most underappreciated, underrated quarterback of all time. That guy is incredible, Russell Wilson. He is an all-time great player. We're down one score with freaking two minutes to go with the ball at our a 12-yard line. So, yeah, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Just tough to swallow. That was a tough one to swallow. I'm not going to get over it. Not going to get over it for a long time. I mean, I love this team. I love this team. I, I look forward. I mean, yeah, am I am I looking forward to next season? Of course. It sucks that I'm saying this, though. Because I was looking forward to this season. I was looking forward to Deshaun next week. I was looking forward to Lane next week. Nope. I'll tell you this. If we're going to talk about next season, which I will. I'm going to do a bunch of more shows going forward here. I mean, th- th- this is only scratching the surface. I just wanted to go over, you know, this this BS crap football game yesterday. Which, by the way, let's talk about something quick here too. Was NBC's coverage of this game. They're horrible. They are horrible. That was horrible what they did yesterday. I hope to God that we never play on NBC ever again. That's What they did yesterday was an absolute, complete, and utter joke. Carson Wentz gets hurt. They don't even make it a big story. They're trying to like sweep it under the rug because he's got a concussion. They don't want to see concussions in the NFL. Uh-oh. Well, I don't know what happens when some 280-pound asshole cheap shots one of your guys out of a game. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. They're going to get a concussion. That's what happened yesterday. I'm not making that up. That's exactly what happened. They cheap shot at the quarterback out of the game. You're not talking about it? Then at the end of the game... You know, the sideline reporter there, Michelle Tafoya. And I heard this today from John Marks um, for Sports Radio WIP in Philadelphia. And he, he it's spot on. His quote was, she either is terrible at her job or she sucks at her job. And what he means is, she interviews Clowning after the game and tells him, or and doesn't ask him about, you know, taking Carson Wentz out. So either she sucks at her job for not asking that question because that should have been the first question you're asked, or she's terrible at her job because she listened to somebody tell her not to ask that question and said, screw it, I won't ask it. I don't have the guts to stand up and ask the question that should be asked. What did you think when you dropped your shoulder and your head into the skull of Carson Wentz and effectively ended the Eagles season? But then the whole pro- broadcast, by the way, I got to hear these guys praising Jadeveon Clowney and how great he is. And again, I don't care, whatever. I'm not saying he didn't play a good game. He was playing a great game. But I, I don't need you celebrating the fact that that dude cheap shot at Carson Wentz out of the football game. That's what it was. He took our season. How about show compassion for the team that you're, you know, the other team? Then I got to see another person too. This this ESPN reporter, this Josina Anderson. You know, she's she's got all the intel on the Eagles. 
She gets all the scoops on Carson Wentz. She knows everybody don't like him. Funny. Because she's on the sideline for that game yesterday. And, you know, she's reading Twitter, which is really good for her doing her job, by the way. Paying attention to the football game. And she's on Twitter tweeting about how, you know, when Carson Wentz got hurt. And McCown comes in and Tori Holt says, oh, it's something about Wentz always, haha, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Making a joke about this guy getting cheap-shotted out of the game. And she goes, I hear you, Tori. Why... If she's ever allowed in that stadium again, that's disrespectful to Wentz. She continues to try to find dirt on this guy. And now she has the gall, the gall to put something like that on social media about this guy. A game she's working ESPN for. She's working this game. I'd say you're banned from the locker room. Go write your fake stories about our team. Go make up some more drama that you like to put out there. And then finally, it was relieving today to see that body bag that was served up, or to see Orlando Scandrick put in that body bag today by Shannon Sharp on live national television when he's trying to criticize our secondary and he gets served up and they're like, you couldn't even make that team, bud. You're out here trying to, you know, throw some heat? Eat it. Eat it. Eat it because you're a clown. Eat it like the clown you are. Seeing him squirm on television, that was the one thing that brought a smile to my face, that coward. He's such a fraud. He's such a coward. Coward. That's what he is. Hurts his feelings that the Eagles beat the Cowboys. I'm like, dude, you got a paycheck from this team for three weeks. You freaking fraud. You piece of crap. You want to put a freaking laughing thing up because we got beat yesterday? Oh my God. I wish he could play in the NFL again. I just wish. I wish he could play in the NFL for one team. I I, I wish the Eagles could just make an arrangement So like during the preseason. Where they tell the Jets, because we play the Jets every year, you know what, Joe, talk to Joe Douglas. Be like, Joe, just just sign this goofball for one game. Say, you know what, Orlando, we want to give you a chance at corner. And then just let our team put our star- put Malcolm Jenkins on offense. Put, you know, <clears throat> Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. Put them on offense and just say, here's the plan. You guys are just going to run and attack that piece of crap. That's it. Beat the crap out of him. Shut him up for, for being the coward and the fraud that he is. And speaking, by the way, of Malcolm Jenkins, I know today he cited that you know he's not going to play under his current contract. Listen, I know he's 33, and I know the, the idea of paying older players usually comes and gets you. This guy, give him his money. Give him his contract extension. We need him. He's a leader. I don't care if his, uh, his coverage skills are diminishing. He's a safety. Let him become a safety. He was playing linebacker for the Eagles all year anyway, so I don't know what people are trying to say about his coverage skills. He's not supposed to be a slot corner anymore. He's a safety. He's playing linebacker, though. But he plays every snap. And he's the emotional leader of the defense. Please, just get him re-signed. You did all these other good guy contracts. You gave them out. You gave them out to everybody who won the Super Bowl. Give one out to the one guy who doesn't miss games. On a team where everybody misses games because everybody gets hurt. The one guy who doesn't, give him his damn contract. Howie. Goofball. I'll talk next week more about you know, I, I'm going to grade the season. I'm going to go player by player and grade the season. But you know what? Actually, wait. Hold on here. Just to give a heads up on on next week, what I'll talk about too is more about who I think should stay and go. These are the free agents the Eagles have coming for next season. I'm not going to talk about that today, about who I think should stay and who I should go. But just so you know, this is what we'll probably dive into more next week. These are the list of free agents. One, we have Nigel Bradham. 
Rodney McLeod, Ronald Darby, Jason Peters, Nate Sudfeld, Nelson Aguilar, Vinny Curry, Josh McCown, Tim Jernigan, Jordan Howard, Hellapoy Vitae, Camus Grugier-Hill, Jalen Mills, Craig James, Deontay Burnett, and Corey Clement. And Corey Clement has a team option. Um, and uh, Craig James, Deontay Burnett, and uh, Cameron Johnston. They're exclusive rights free agents, which is a little different. The Eagles will have the first right, I guess, on them. Um, but yeah, oh, Hassan Ridgeway, Richard Rogers, you know, Sproles is retiring. Um, I'll dive into, and Jordan Howard also, I'll dive into who I think the Eagles should keep, who I think should go, what I would do, what I think goofball GM Howie Roseman will do. We'll talk more about that. And then I will go player by player and give my individual grade for what I thought they did this season and how well they performed. And I will take into account some circumstances, but I'll be brutally honest. I'm not afraid to be brutally honest about this team. I've been brutally honest about them all year. That's why I believe they could win, because I actually brutally believed that they could win the Super Bowl still. I knew that they still had a shot, especially with 10 coming back next week. But again, we'll dive more into that. Um, Heartbreaking yesterday. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking is the one word I will describe that game, especially when you lose your, you know, your star player five plays into it, essentially. But they didn't quit. The team fought. That is cool. I don't take much solace in the fact that they fought to the end in the NFL. I mean, come on. Missions to win. This team's good enough to win Super Bowls. That's why. I'm not happy that two years after we won a Super Bowl, we went 9-7 and seven and 9-7. and seven. That sucks. This team, we don't have many guys over 30. So don't think that they're old. Like, this team... We couldn't be, you know, what the Chiefs are, what the Patriots are, what the Saints were. I know they got beat yesterday, which was fantastic to watch. And I know we got games this weekend. Um, and, and you know, here, here's what I think is going to happen. I think the Vikings are actually going to beat the Niners. I do think the Seahawks are going to beat the Packers. So Seattle's going to host the NFC title game. I don't know why I feel this. That's what I do. Um, and Baltimore, I think, is going to beat Tennessee. I think they're <laughs> they're incredibly good. And I think Kansas City is going to beat Houston. And I think Kansas City is going to beat Baltimore. And I think Kansas City is going to win the whole damn thing. But, um, yeah, that, that'll be my thing. And, and when Minnesota and Seattle win, then people will really understand why I'm so damn pissed off about what happened yesterday because that could be us hosting the NFC title game against the Vikings again. Wrestling quote, Undertaker, rest in peace, because the season is over. And that sucks. It just sucks. I want to thank everybody for listening to The New Norm. As always, and as always will be, fly, Eagles fly. And next year, it will be on the road to victory.